0: Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you.
1: Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're talking about whether or not our emotions affect our health. So I feel like this is a topic that's pretty near and dear to both of us in different ways, and I personally am pretty like excited and, I don't know, maybe nervous to talk about it because, I don't know, health stuff can get a little dark between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep it fun. Okay, fun and flirty. Sexy, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so to start off, did you want to maybe define the mind body connection, which is what I think we're focusing on mainly today? Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure you've heard
0: that term before and all about like the importance of the mind body connection, but it's essentially the connection between our brain and our physical body. And how your thoughts and feelings are connected to physical symptoms that can arise in your body. So it essentially boils down to how you think and how you feel um, can have an effect on your physical health. And so there's a term called psychosomatic, which comes from psycho, which means mind and somatic, which means body. And so psychosomatic, it's often like symptoms that are caused by emotional stress. And then they have like a physical
1: manifestation,
0: a physical manifestation in your yeah. body. And so some like really basic examples of that, that almost everyone would be familiar with would be your heart beating fast when you're scared or getting sweaty palms when you're nervous or clenching your teeth or your muscles when you're frustrated or like blushing is another one where you get embarrassed and blood rushes to your face. So those are just like some really common examples of ones we experience regularly where something happens that's not physical and you get a physical reaction to it.
1: Yeah, big relatable content there. Just Are you a blusher? So nervous. Yeah. I think i you know what I've noticed since being on Zoom calls and mm. I hate it. I can see it when I blush and that's even worse because mm. then you like get embarrassed because yeah. you're blushing. Oh, yeah. fuck it. Anyways, it's cute though. No. <laughs>
0: I definitely get sweaty palms when I'm nervous, which is not a cute thing when you're like 14 and you really
1: want a boyfriend and you hold Aww. your hand and it's just like, yuck. Yeah, I'm a, just like a sweaty, nervous, clenched human being. <laughs> so. It's just your natural state. <laughs> honestly. Very fair.
0: But yeah, essentially psychosomatic, the reason why it's super important and why the mind-body connection is super important is because there's all these different things that can happen emotionally or mentally that can show up in your body and even things um, that can create super detrimental health impacts long term. And it can even be as simple as like someone going through something intense and not being able to like vent their emotions or not able to like deal with the thing that's happening and then hitting sort of a breaking point and it can show up as physical symptoms or just like an episode of major depression or something like that. So I think that The reason why we're both super passionate about this is I think we both have had experiences where this has just been super evident that our bodies were telling us something and then you kind of have to work backwards to see like what's up in your head.
1: Yeah. We were not listening to the no. bodies.
0: <laughs> it's just, it is like, I don't really feel like it was something I was taught. Like I no. would never have thought growing up like, oh, if I'm experiencing this physical symptom, you might actually want to work backwards all the way to like an emotional trigger that might've caused yeah. this. Like no one ever told me to do that.
1: I remember hearing, I'm not going to give away the the punchline, but um, <laughs> what you told me that happened to you, I remember thinking, I was like, oh, that's cool but like i don't know if i believe it mm-hmm. and then i just also experienced it um so anyways i'm excited to talk about this
0: that was definitely a plug for our listeners to stay engaged in this episode
1: yeah stay tuned
0: <laughs> um but yeah i think that one thing that's super important when it comes to this is typically there are like warning signs or clues that start to point you in the right direction and it sort of all comes back to that awareness of what you're feeling both physically and mentally and checking in with yourself and noticing when maybe you're feeling like something is always sore or you're having really bad stomach issues or different like headaches is a super common one where things start to take residence in your body and um, just starting to recognize those and I hopefully some of what we talk about today might help you in the future when these things bubble up, go like, I wonder if this is caused by something other than just like injury or something like that, yeah. which can be other causes.
1: I'm laughing a bit because all of this is so like, I'm feeling so called out about like all the health stuff that I had no idea what was going on in the beginning. And man, I wish I had something like this to listen to people saying like, okay, this might be what's going on. Like you're not like, it's not all in your head. 100%. I hope this helps somebody.
0: I also think that an important point to note is if you had played me this podcast that we're about to talk about like three years ago, I would have been like, this is kind of bullshit. Like <laughs> yeah. I genuinely am that type of person where That's I mean, true. Everyone's, everyone's heard even my like qualms about meditation and things like that. Like I'm a it's I'm kind of a critic about things. And so. Even my experiences with this sort of like phenomenon, I even look back on and question myself. But it's just yeah. sort of like the proof is in the pudding. Like I That's just so fair,
1: yeah. I think I was there too. I was probably quite skeptical until I just saw how it all works, and it's so mm. obvious once. Anyways, okay, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, definitely like a breakthrough for me in terms of like experiencing this in a real way was. In my first year of university, I went through a super tough breakup um, and I obviously had this like first very real experience where my emotions were like extremely heightened and I was feeling extreme sadness and those types of things. And it's not to say that I had like never felt sad before this. It just – this was such a like tangible moment where I just felt – all of the feels and so yeah this was sort of a big moment for me where I started to notice my emotions changing my physical well-being and so while I was obviously feeling heartbroken and all of the things that go with that I started getting like the most wild physical symptoms so basically it seemed like I got the flu I had no appetite. I felt constantly nauseous. When I did try to eat, I'd throw up immediately after. I couldn't stomach anything. I was eating like saltines, and even those would make me feel so sick. And I remember like friends coming to like try to console me, and I like couldn't even be around people because I just felt ill, like physically yeah. ill more than anything. And I remember at the time <laughs> we were <laughs> looking for an apartment in Montreal because we had to move out of residence and all of the apartments in Montreal are walk up so like it's typically maybe six apartments in a little townhouse style building they're just super old And so you'd walk up a bunch of flights of stairs and I remember being with the three gals that I was going to live with and I would have to wait at the base of the stairs because I couldn't make it up two flights of stairs without like tipping over because I was just like so so – No, it was so funny. (laughs) I'd just be like, take some pictures for me. I think I made it to a couple and then there were some where I was like, actually, I won't be able to make it up these stairs. I'm just like so lightheaded. And it was really interesting because as it was happening, I think I was just like compartmentalizing. I was like, oh, I'm really upset about my current state of emotional affairs. <laughs> and then at the same time, I was like, I think I have the flu. And it was yeah. interesting because I called my mom. Obviously, she was checking in on me a lot during that period. And she was chatting with me, and I told her about how sick I was. I was like, I told her my symptoms and everything. And just like without skipping a beat, she's like, this is a physical manifestation of your grief. And I was just like, had never heard that before. My mom is not like hippy dippy. Like she was just so clearly, she's like, you're experiencing grief and it is showing up as like a, as physical symptoms. And I just thought it was so eye-opening to how like my sadness could make me physically and tangibly ill. And ever since then, it's just been a lot more apparent to me when my emotions are showing up physically in my body. That was obviously like a very extreme like Mm -hmm. example, but there are things um, like – There's a breakup cold where people have a tendency to get quite sick, either with a cold or a flu, after a breakup. And it's because, yeah, it's because that your stress hormones like go through the roof, like all of your like cortisol and things like that. And when your stress is high, your immune system is low. And so you are just like more likely to get sick. And it's just like your body's defenses are down. It's not protecting you against these things. And also you're just feeling sadness like in your physical body. Um, So some of the information I found about that as we started to kind of like dive into sort of like the why behind it, I guess, was super interesting. So I was kind of sharing some of this with Kyla before, but they did a study on folks who had recently come out of a relationship and they essentially had people who had just been through an <laughs> unwanted breakup, which Kyle and I were kind of laughing about like how they went about finding these folks. I just can't imagine <laughs> replying to that like help wanted ad, but oh man, a- essentially they went in and had their brains scanned. And while they were having their brain scanned, they were <laughs> made to look at – it's not funny, I'm sorry, but just seems so ridiculous. But they were made to look at pictures of their exes and then, like, to think about the breakout. That's what they were told to do while they are looking. You know, they
1: had to they had to provide those photos, like, no. too. So Imagine just, like, being in that state <laughs> and being like, let me just sort through
0: their Instagram. Yeah. Um, And when they looked at the brain scans, what gets lit up in your brain is the same area of your brain that feels physical pain. So literally, like they were able to show, I just said literally like the guy in Parks and Rec. (laughs) What's that guy's name? I don't (laughs) know. He always says literally.
1: (laughs) Literally. Literally.
0: Um. But yeah, so like the physical pain center of your brain lights lit up in these people that were being tested by like looking at pictures of their exes, which is sad, but oh. also interesting. And then another study they did was on folks in a similar situation. They Some people were made to take a placebo and some people were made to take Tylenol, which obviously most of us know is for pain relief and um, physical pain relief. And they were found that people who... Actually, took the Tylenol reported less hurt feelings and social pain on a daily basis than those who took the placebo. <laughs> which That's is so, so wild so, to me, right? And obviously, oh, like, not recommending that is so no. bad for your liver. Do you not get sad and take Tylenol, <laughs> yeah. But no, no, no. That is so fascinating. That literally, oh my god, I almost said it weird again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's with me.
0: but literally they were able to show that this medication that's meant to treat physical pain actually worked to treat like emotional pain in your in your body
1: tell me that's not the coolest thing you've ever heard
0: (laughs) (laughs) tell me that is so so bizarre to me I think it's pretty awesome um for sure Another thing I thought was interesting and sort of pertains to my experience was that you're like the human brain obviously loves to be in love. Like we know that when you're in love all of these hormones get released like dopamine and oxytocin, which I think they call like the cuddle cuddle hormone or something where like it makes you want to like cuddle people. But yeah, so obviously you're feeling those hormones on high when you're like in love and having these lovey moments and then what happens is when you break up those <laughs> those happy hormones dive like they just <laughs> plummet <laughs> And then your brain also releases stress hormones like cortisol and epinephrine, which like if you're being attacked by a bear, then stress hormones are like 10 out of 10. But (laughs) obviously when you're not, if your body's going into fight or flight mode and you aren't going to have a physical response, like you're not going to run away from your ex-boyfriend. You might actually. That's like not a bad idea, but (laughs) you don't need to. And so then all that, those hormones get stored. and. Cortisol in your brain sends blood to your major muscle groups and so that tenses you up. So you're ready to like fight or flight. And when you don't do either of those things… You your muscles swell, you get headaches, you get a stiff neck, it often feels like your chest is being squeezed tightly, which like I know I've experienced all of those things.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know what? Just before you go on, something I listened to recently, I think it was in the Curable podcast, which once again, not sponsored, we should be. (laughs) We should be sponsored by another podcast. Anyways, so the Curable podcast, they were talking about how um, when you have dopamine, no, dopamine or endorphins we'll have to fact check this it actually reduces the like amount that you feel pain as well Mm -hmm. so like when you're happy you will feel pain less and then if you're Mm -hmm. feeling pain you'll probably be less happy but you'll be less happy because you're feeling pain i just found that so interesting yeah um yeah i'll have to post a source to that because this doctor was like
0: Blowing my dang mind. Yeah. It's kind of like when they tell you to kind of like distract yourself or listen to music or like watch a happy show when you're in pain. Like, I would assume that's kind of the same thing where it like you start to feel happy emotions because you're intrigued by something. And then that can sort of divert some of your attention away from the pain itself.
1: Yeah. This is something like we could go on a whole tangent on this alone, but like what you put your attention on is like what your body will feel more. Um, That could be a whole episode all on its own, but um, continue.
0: (laughs) The other thing that I thought was really interesting is in order to make sure that your muscles have an adequate blood supply when you're in this fight or flight mode, when you have extra cortisol, it also diverts blood away from your digestive system because like who needs to digest when you're running from a bear? And this can cause so many stomach issues like cramps and appetite loss. Sound familiar? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have the whole checklist. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. That's yeah. me. <laughs> and so the other thing that I already mentioned too is like when stress hormones run rampant, your immune system struggles. So that makes you super vulnerable to bugs and illnesses. And um, it's
1: also why during the pandemic, the like anxiety is like it makes you more likely to get it. I think. Yeah, know, it's just such a bummer.
0: It is sort of like the worst news. The fact that stressing about a global pandemic (laughs) could make you more likely to get the
1: global pandemic. And then you stress more.
0: And also being alone could make you more vulnerable and everyone has to be (laughs) isolated. I know we're being tested. (laughs) It's like a big bad joke. Yeah. The other part I thought was so interesting is that because you have this steady release of cortisol because of the stress, It obviously can cause sleep problems and it also interferes with your capacity to make sound judgments. And so literally breakups activate the area of your brain that processes craving and addiction. And so (laughs) it throws you into withdrawal, which makes it like literally hard to function. We all know what it's like when you're like, I'm never leaving this bed. Oh my God. And that's why you start to like ache for your ex and then sometimes literally like you feel it in your body. And just like an addiction, it passes over time as you stay away from them. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, I just thought it was really interesting. I wanted some like evidence to back up kind of my story around how much it affects your body chemistry when you have this experience and like how being so closely connected to someone really makes your brain have to do this readjustment and I'm using breakup as example but like of course it would same thing would be like a loss um a family a friend things like that as well um Mm -hmm. so I just thought that was super interesting about just like the physical impacts I think so often when like a friend comes to me for help and they've gone through a breakup so easy to focus on like what they can do to help keep like their mind feeling okay and it's not often I think about like how important it is to focus on your physical well-being and yes for me and we can maybe talk about this in another episode but for me so much of my healing had to do with focusing almost on my physical health as a way of like repairing my emotional health and Mm
1: -hmm. it's just
0: interesting they were so tangibly linked like when I focused on that it and it felt easier to focus on my physical health because like oh my god all of like the breakup tropes like all these things people say to you and you're just like shut up I like (laughs) this is the worst advice but for me I just like Started working on my physical health, whether it was like running and like eating really well and like just doing what I felt like was possible in those moments. Yeah. And that helped me like get my mind right as well. So it goes both ways. So for me, that was definitely a time where it was super clear to me the connection like between my mind and my body and the importance of taking care of both and how focusing on one to support the other is like definitely something where you can see tangible results and how that kind of carried through for me was I recently and this I feel like this is the part where if you told me this literally like a year and a half ago I'd be like this is such yeah bullshit this is what I was talking about yeah so essentially what happened is like for the past, I would say close to five or so, maybe longer, I would say since like near the end of high school, I started to experience um, chronic UTIs, which like, sorry, everyone, if you didn't really know that, but it's such a <laughs> life, y'all. And gross. also one in five women get cron like get regular UTIs so just it's the so did of- I so the point of me mentioning that is that I had no idea what the hell was going on with me and I went to see so many different people and I got the most annoying advice because there's a lot of like small things you can do that are mostly just like hygiene which wasn't a freaking <laughs> issue and it's honestly <laughs> insulting to be like constantly told these things where you're like Mm, yes, I do do that. Thank you though. <laughs> and the point is is that I learned something very interesting so i I went to go see this naturopath in Vancouver who, like a a little bit of my family had gone to see, and they were big fans of her, and she practices t c m traditional Chinese medicine and um. I had no idea what to expect for sure. Like I've had the same GP since I was born. And so this was very new to me. And I did a bunch of different things with her. We talked a lot. She's just like a like very fun person. I made Kyla go see her. So Kyla yeah. fully knows this person. But I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's just like so awesome. Like you just – it felt like therapy and a doctor mixed together, which I assume is sort of the point. And it was just like, I would look forward to going to see her just because she wanted to know what was going on in my life and if I was dating and how I was doing. And she was just like such a bright light in my life at that time. And a lot of what we did was acupuncture, which I'd never done before. And Always thought I'd be kind of like a weenie about because I thought it would be like <laughs> needles, which it's not at all. For those of you who've done it, you you wouldn't – like I mean, it's, it's kind of not. needles. But I just mean like it's not like getting a shot. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. And so we started doing that a lot and we were talking about how I got these chronic infections. Like I would get one like every couple of weeks for years and it was, it's really – Yeah, it sucks. I, it's, <laughs> it's the it's worst. It's so awful. It's the worst. And so – um through our work together she told me that infections are often associated with anger at least that was like her experience with them through her practice was that when there's an infection it's usually as a result of anger and when you hold unresolved anger in your body these infections just occur and reoccur and reoccur and so I essentially worked with her on relieving this anger, which trust me, like at every stop of the way, I was like, You're putting acupuncture needles in my hand and my head. And this is supposed to help. Like, I even while it's happening, I was just like, this is absurd. And I worked with her for a couple of months. And I kid you not, I have not had one since. And I don't know what what how, how else to tell you that it worked like. Yeah. I just nothing else in my life changed and I went to her for a couple months. I don't even go see her right now and they stopped and I haven't had one since and it's been a year and a half. And so I really like I can't explain it. It sounds a little bit like magic to me. <laughs> and yet here I am like 18 months later not getting them every 3 weeks. My quality of life is so much better and I there's no I don't have another explanation for it.
1: Yeah. I think about this so often where it's like we think that just because Western medicine is all that we know, it's like the only way to go about these things and the only thing that works. But it's like these other types of medicine have been around for hundreds of years and like there has to be something to them or people wouldn't be doing them. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I really feel like I'm getting the more I learn about like Eastern wellness, it's like. Oh, this all makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, is like maybe it wasn't the acupuncture. Maybe it was like my sessions with her or maybe it was a combination or there's all these things. Literally some of the advice she gave me while we were going through this – was like, she wanted me to start dating again. She wanted me, like, these were real things. She was saying, like, this will help you with this yeah. issue. And I was like, you think me going on a date is going to help me with this issue? And she's like, yes. <laughs> and I literally, I'm like, I'll do anything this person says because she's just like the coolest, most like, yeah. you just, amazing. she tells you to do something you're just like, of course I will. And I literally, like, I don't know what else to chalk it up to, but the fact that she gave me these instructions, some that were like, more medical like acupuncture and things like that I took a couple supplements for a while that were like all all herbs and then started dating and like I talked to her a lot I really I don't I think that if I was listening to this I'd be like this is bunk but I'm just telling you my experience
1: (laughs) I'm bought in (laughs) I'm here for you yeah
0: (laughs) so that's just been my experience um kind of like with this mind-body connection and how it's affected me and like come into my life in different ways, like how it's manifested in different ways and sort of some of the remedies that have helped me and I'll talk more about them later. But I just think it can show up from so many different things for me, like coming from whether it was sadness or like an anger I was holding from pent up incidents. (laughs) 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 But I think another huge issue can be stress and I know Kyla you experienced a lot of that and and that showed up really
1: interestingly for you so maybe maybe you can share what your experience was like thank you for that beautiful segue and thank you for sharing that I know that's like a lot of really personal information um (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably spend the next two weeks regretting it but oh I'm very excited about it because this is the shit that I live on I love digging into these gritty things so So, yeah, my personal example of how I really experienced this mind-body connection, um, like Kelsey mentioned, was – after a really long period of really high stress that I went through after university. And I honestly can't remember if I was an anxious person before all of this, probably, but during this time, it was like my constant state. And at the time, I also didn't know what anxiety felt like or was. Like no one had ever really talked to me about it. And I remember just like my heart rate would be so high all of the time. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So, just like a real quick, go over of what was going on. Um, I moved home from university. I started serving, which I have never liked doing. But then I got surgery and then my family dog died. And then I went to Costa Rica for like a month. And then I got back and immediately got a puppy. And then I moved to Vancouver. And then I got my wage cut by 60% right after moving. (laughs) (laughs) And right after I got a puppy that like couldn't be left alone. (laughs) So Then I took on like a bunch of clients doing what I was doing at the time. And I was at one time like, I think I had like... eight or nine different establishments that I was doing their like marketing for anyways it was too much you think (laughs) it was a bit it was a bit much um this is also around the time that I started going to therapy and I had like that intake call with her and I said all of that and she was like oh (laughs) yeah okay and at the time, I was just like, it's fine. Yeah, All this stuff happened, but it's fine. You
0: seem to set a rather high bar for yourself, Kyla.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what was going on. I'm still working on it. But I genuinely remember kind of like how you were saying too is like you just kind of like compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, yeah, like I'm going about my life. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm upset and I know that, but like it's not <laughs> affecting me. Like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm handling it. Like I always thought of myself as a very strong person, just because like things kept happening and I was like, hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm still fine. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, around that time <laughs> I turned to health in the same way that you did. Mm-hmm. Cause I found like I, I felt like I could control it. I was working out a lot, I was eating really well, like probably the healthiest I've ever been mm-hmm. like physically. And then during that time I started noticing this like really weird pain in my joints and it was it basically knocked me off of my fitness as well I don't know long story short like at my worst I was getting daily migraines sometimes twice a day just intense pain like all over my body um I wasn't sleeping I had really bad jaw clenching and I started having like nerve issues where my hands would tingle and I felt like I was about to pass out half the time at my worst as well I um Got what I think is gastritis or it was an ulcer. So I also, I couldn't eat anything. I would just throw up right after eating. (laughs) And I was like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) It seems odd. Hmm. Weird that this is happening at the same time that I'm so stressed. So (laughs) anyways, this isn't funny. This is a coping. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh through the pain. Oh God. Okay. So it ended up taking three years almost I think more than three years for me to finally get some answers. And I had a call with my rheumatologist um, kind of like at the beginning of quarantine. And it was just like a check-in to talk about the MRI results. And I kind of expected because every other test up until then had just been like, oh, you're fine. I kind of expected that to happen again. And then it was like a Zoom call. It was so weird. And she was like, So, we got your results, and you may have what's called axial spondyloarthritis. It's basically a type of inflammatory arthritis that primarily affects your spine, and what inflammation feels like is just pain all the time. So, I'm still dealing with that. Um, I'm finding, and I guess we'll get into this too, but my lifestyle being balanced is what I'm finding helps the most. Are you finding COVID anxiety is really helping? (sighs) I don't... (laughs) I haven't thought about it. And I don't think I want to. <laughs> I'm suppressing that right now. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, yeah, basically everything that I'm doing to help treat my anxiety and stress is also mm-hmm. very obviously helping with my pain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so linked that it's – I can't choose to do anything else anymore. So, yeah, we'll get into what those exact methods of treatment are later. Um, But I – was doing some research on this just before we recorded this. And I think I've actually learned some really interesting things that I didn't know before because I'm still learning about this disease question mark. (laughs) I think it's a disease. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking up um, the link between anxiety and inflammation. And basically it's super clear. Like a lot of research shows that joint pain is a complex symptom of anxiety. And, there are many reasons that people who have anxiety feel joint pain. And it. they were talking about something that I I haven't heard of called stress inflammation, which seems pretty self-explanatory. Basically, when you're stressed, pro-inflammatory cytokines or cytokines are molecules that are released. And when you have those for a long time, it basically causes inflammation in your joints. Those molecules cause your joints as well. Mm. So yeah, it just is very clear that that is what was happening to me in my mind. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that I've been directly told by my doctors, but I was talking to my physio today, actually, but I was asking her, I was like, so I get that it's inflammation and I get that it's an autoimmune thing and I get that, but where did the inflammation come from? And she was like, well, no one really knows. Mm. And I was like, that's a pretty unsatisfying answer. But I asked her, I was like, could stress have been a thing? And she's like, yeah, definitely could have. So it's a pretty wild thing to think about and be like, okay, I was so stressed about valid things, but I don't know, they weren't life or death. And it maybe caused this? Mm -hmm. Nothing seems that worth stressing about. Okay, you also kind of touched on this, how prolonged stress leads to high levels of cortisol. Mm -hmm. And cortisol also regulates the inflammatory and re- immune response which you also mentioned but like that's it's all linked i think it it's like it's making you more inflamed like it, the ability to control inflammation goes down cortisol sucks <laughs> like what the more i learn about suck. it i was just gonna say that
0: cortisol also is what causes um like hormonal breakouts too and i'm just like not sure about this hormone we we've chose. got too much we gotta get oh, yeah. rid of a bit but yeah, so cortisol does that. It also causes like severe weight fluctuations when you're dealing with hormones too. So I'm just like – every time I hear it, I'm like something else cortisol does. It's sounding the damn alarms is what it does. Yeah. It also just shows you that pattern of like how often we're seeing this come up as a cause of negative things. It's yeah. It's like stress is pretty much like the worst
1: thing you can do for your body. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually <laughs> – this is kind of a bummer, but it's like a joke that I've said a couple times, which maybe makes people uncomfortable. But <laughs> one of the things I found out, like, could happen if this condition I have gets really bad, is something called bamboo spine, which I think is a little <laughs> oh bit of an <laughs> insensitive name. First of all, <laughs> but it's pretty descriptive. Like, you know exactly what that means, yeah. right? Like, your spine just turns into a stick, basically.
0: So oh my God, that is awful. Damn yeah, a little
1: bit of a thing that I think lies. about all the time, but um <laughs> <laughs> just something that I'm casually thinking about. Something on the long. mind. But now kind of my check-in is like, is this stressor worth your spine using your spine? there's almost nothing that is. <laughs> so I've gotten a lot less stress.
0: I would think fixating on bamboo
1: spine might cause me stress. Yes. Well, you know, it's it's a give and a take. Oh my god. Okay, so there's that side of it. Um, <laughs> so <and> there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but yeah, there's a ton of studies that link stress and trauma and pain. Um, and this last kind of thing I wanted to touch on that I just just learned this and I'm so... <laughs> So interested. I need to read through this study in more detail. But okay, so it's the link between poor emotional awareness and differentiation of emotions and pain. Never looked into this before, but a fundamental emotional process involves being aware of differentiating and labeling one's feelings. So the word for this is alexithymia, which means no words for feelings, (laughs) which is like the inability to identify what one is feeling so this is something that when I started seeing my therapist this is what I had like really? I didn't ever know well when you think about it it's like okay all of those things are happening to me and I was like oh I'm fine mm-hmm. I like genuinely didn't know what I was feeling mm-hmm. other than just like the physical manifestations of like my heart goes pretty fast all the time but like mm-hmm. I'm fine I have bamboo spine, but I feel like I'm pretty happy. I can't move, but I'm pretty fine. I've shown, I mean, whoever will listen, the feelings wheel, which sounds so juvenile, but it has helped me so much. So it's like. If I'm feeling what I used to call it was weird, like if I'm feeling weird. You
0: still call it that. I do
1: sometimes, but now I know how to figure it
0: out. But then you noodle on it.
1: Yeah, so now I can be like, okay, I feel weird. Okay, what am I actually feeling? And it's like, oh, you're overwhelmed, whatever. So, Mine
0: it always starts at the red section of the feeling. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's never in the like, oh, it's joy. <laughs> oh, content. No. Oh, that's Rage. what I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but alexithymia, people have a harder time identifying feelings in like these people have a range of disorders usually that are like basically arthritis, low back pain, fibromyalgia. Another one I can't say. I don't even want to. It's like mandibular disorder, mm-hmm. which sounds like it might have to do with your jaw because mandible. So people who can't express their feelings have all of these conditions that have to do with um, so central sensitization is like when your nervous system is just on high alert all the time. And so basically how I'm understanding this is that when you suppress your feelings, your other systems of your body go into overdrive and are just like hey listen like there's something going on here so i don't know i just thought that was so
0: mandibular is literally tmj you're a genius oh tmj is like when you're uh the hinge that connects your jawbone to your skull yeah just like also had that acts like i have all
1: of it it yeah so anyways i just thought that was so interesting to like kind of have a this is a study about this exact thing that I was struggling with and I mm-hmm. learned this like an hour ago okay so the next thing that we were going to talk about is like what can you do about it so I don't I hope this is relatable to people I know at <laughs> least like or we're just one, broken I know I know at least one person who I think this could help <laughs> Oh my god! but you know what if even one person
0: the thing I think is so funny is that when you started this you were like this is gonna be a really
1: fun episode and it's just been dark. <laughs> okay, that's fun because I like to talk about this yeah, stuff and okay, I, okay. I, I think it's just because it's so much a part of my life and not really something mm-hmm. you can just, like, chat about. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm letting a lot out right now.
0: Also, we did good things to try to fix it, so I feel like it's not as like dire as this is true
1: yeah I do I do oh yeah the place I'm in now is like the best place I've been in years and years and years which is I think why I feel comfortable talking about it and just the thought that like maybe if someone else is going through that and they could hear this and be like oh (laughs) maybe that's what's going on also did you hear that study that came out
0: today that they polled Canadians And 50% of the Canadians that they polled said that 2020 is the worst year of their life. So, which is so sad. And like, honestly, maybe mine too. I don't, I'm not sure. (laughs) The reason why I think that's so interesting is even for people who are going through super stressful situations right now, that might start to manifest physically down the road. So I, like, I do think people will start to pay attention to these things as we're sort of collectively having quite a trying stressful oh, yeah. experience okay let's talk about how to fix this other than calling my girl the naturopath because i'll yeah. give you her number also
1: yeah maybe disclaimer like we're not doctors this is just what's worked for us and our personal experiences um i don't think any of this stuff really could hurt i don't um, think any of you think that we're doctors <laughs> we should be fine there but yeah
0: talk to your trusted
1: healthcare practitioner
0: please um, I have a couple ones that I wanted to share. I think that I shared a couple as we went around like really focusing on like your physical health as a way of supporting your mental health. I'm like the biggest advocate of moving your body as a way of helping your mind. I am not someone who grew up like exercising or playing sports. I was a dancer for a while and then didn't really know how to transition that into like a- The
1: artists are here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I played
0: softball for a while. I'll never let people forget that. All right. Um, I'm an athlete. So (laughs) the point of my statement is that I think that diet culture and all these terrible things like fat phobia make people work out for all the wrong reasons and if yeah. you feel like you're doing it for any of those reasons then I don't recommend you keep doing it I recommend you sort of start from square one and and figure that out but I have found that movement as a way of helping my mind has been absolutely pivotal yes. if I go a week without like a proper sweat I just am like more irritable. I'm like not as good of a person. I'm not as creative. All of these
1: things, and so yeah, I've I've totally relate to that. Like I was just talking to Bo about how ever since I switched to like I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. I'm like excited now. Before it was like like a punishment. <laughs> yeah, that's how they set it up for
0: sure. But I think once you can get to a place where you're moving just for that reason, like I solely move because. I like to support my mental health and some of the movement I do, I really like thoroughly enjoy, I look forward to. And so um, that is definitely like a big one for me. And I just think like if you feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, find things that you just like doing that like you don't even notice if they're exercise. A really helpful tip I got when I was sort of unlearning this was – Would you do this if it didn't burn calories? And I think Mm. that that's a really good thing to keep in mind because if you're doing something just for that sake, then you're doing it for the wrong reason.
1: Yeah, and you probably won't stick to it either. No, and it's just just like you are
0: punishing yourself and it's just like it's the world is shitty. So just (laughs) like turn on some tunes. The world is punishing you. So maybe just like ease up. (laughs) Just (laughs) ease up. Be nice. And that kind of is a good segue into – I think another huge part of this is the way you speak to yourself and so I know this sounds corny but replacing the way your like inner critic talks to yourself I think yeah. is a huge part in like helping with your mind body connection. I it's sort of like that quote that says you spend most of your life inside your head, make it a nice place to be. And so mm. it's just like about sort of rewriting that narrative and it's not to say that you won't at times not even at times often have that like inner critic and it's like about just rewiring it instead of saying like oh i always mess up i always do this this is typical me and just being like mm-hmm. look you're trying really hard here you're showing up you're doing your best and you really care and and that's apparent and if it is something like i made a mistake just going like you tried really hard you made a mistake you're going to learn from this and you're going to show up better yeah. and and like Just rewiring it from that, like, critic to more of...
1: We should plug our episode on, does what we think about ourselves matter? (laughs) Definitely. And I just think, like, even sometimes
0: when we think we're being constructive, like, we're just not. And so... I think we live with this idea that if we're hard on ourselves, that that dialogue will like push us forward and make us better. And it really doesn't like make your mind a place that's a good place to be.
1: Yes. I think that like like society was set up to profit off of us hating ourselves. Yeah. Sad stuff. Like if you think about it, so much of the things you feel bad about, like maybe for women, it's like weight or your clothes or how beautiful you are. Like that's all set up. So capitalism can take advantage of you. So (laughs) I think it's an empowering choice to be like, actually, like, I've got everything I need right here. Mm -hmm. And then you are so much more behind the wheel of your life to Mm -hmm. be like, I am choosing to be happy and therefore taking my power back from like all Mm -hmm. these external forces.
0: Yeah, that's like that quote that's like the most political thing you can be is like unapologetically yourself or something I'll fact check that but just like you us all I'm 100% still an active participant in this but like giving into the constant like critic of what I could be better at and instead just like leaning into it and just being more gentle and more kind I think it's so important that we we all understand that making your mind a place where like you're constantly getting like berated and like critiqued is not doing anything for your mental health. And also like what we're talking about today can really start to have like negative impacts on your overall health because you're just you're stressing. And I'm sorry, I'm like not saying you, but like we are stressing ourselves out by by thinking that way.
1: Yeah, totally. I I think that ever since I've just like i started being more grateful. I have started being nicer to myself. It's like a vicious circle. We've done this one before. <laughs> That's it. You got it. a vicious circle of like I'm being nice to myself. So I'm more confident and I'm more mm-hmm. confident. So I'm being nice to myself. And I just yeah, I feel like in the past couple of years is kind of have been getting a handle on all of this. I've also got to know myself really well and the most me I've ever felt in my whole life. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Also, Kyla, meditation is
0: a huge one, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll touch on a couple. We should probably wrap up because um, this is a pretty long episode, which is fine. I think that this was all important to talk about. But mind-body therapy or mind-body medicine, um, it's behavioral, psychological, social and spiritual approaches um, to like treatment of this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so they call it an MBT, and that would include meditation, relaxation, imagery, which I'm not sure what that is, but maybe we can check that, mm-hmm. um, hypnosis, and biofeedback. So You are getting very sleepy. <laughs> Honestly, like sign me up. <laughs> oh my- all I want to do is rewire my brain. It's all I ever talk about. <laughs> I think
0: like also on top of that, um, another super important thing about protecting your mind body is boundaries. And um ha ha. that's a plug for a previous episode, but communicating these boundaries out loud in your friendships and relationships and also creating boundaries within yourself where We need to understand that when we are supporting other people or we're walking someone through something, we often take on the stress of what they're going through. And while, of course, like we want to be there for our people and that's important, it's also really important to understand when you've hit your limit and and when it's going to be detrimental. I think also a huge part of it is like, and you talked about this too, about um, learning how to express your feelings in an appropriate way. So whether that's like in
1: an appropriate way, that sounded like you said in inappropriate way.
0: <laughs> Learn to
1: express your feelings inappropriately.
0: Just whenever you want to in people's faces. It's just that's how you'll that's how you'll thrive.
1: It feels great.
0: In an appropriate way. So that might look like leaning on your support system when they have the space or me and Kyler are both huge advocates of finding professional support and yes, professional yes. support that's nice to you. Like,
1: Yeah, sometimes you won't like your therapist. So just keep that in mind. You can try again. <laughs>
0: Not all of them are good. That is a myth. Um, interview them. That is another piece of advice. Um, yeah. Another part I really, really liked was about like really focusing on your quality of life so thinking about the fact that if your mind and your body are connected and and stress and all of these things contribute to your like overall well-being and like your longevity as a human on this planet then it's important to not only think about um these like granular pieces but also about your job your community your social groups the people you spend your time with your spirituality if that's something you're into like quality of life and enhancing that in ways to sort of like build up your resilience is a Mm -hmm. great way of being able to have the tools you need when when shit hits the fan because it's always going to and so it's always
1: going to hit the fan yeah and so I think
0: just like developing that resilience and having that support and and keeping a positive view of yourself and and being able to just like keep things in perspective by having those things set up for yourself is a really good way of being able to like accept when things get tough and and navigate your way through it because it's yeah, never going to be absolutely. like easy but I think those things. Make it more manageable.
1: Yeah. And if all else fails, just ask yourself, is this worth my spine fusing together?
0: (laughs) This worth bamboo spine?
1: (laughs) And usually the answer is no. Yeah. And I think that's where we should end. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay. Let's check some facts. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. I... Only have a few for us today because we actually did our research for this one, so we didn't misquote and missay too, too much, but there's some facts to check.
1: It's wild what a little uh, prep will do to uh, (laughs) an episode,
0: (laughs) the accuracy of an episode. (laughs) It's really quite impressive. Um So the first thing I have is, at one point, I say literally, and then I say, oh, I sound like Rob Lowe, but you can't really hear what I say. So I just wanted to Uh. fact check myself. Rob Lowe from Parks and Rec. If you don't know this reference, then just turn off this podcast. And I'm just kidding, that's a bit harsh. (laughs) (laughs) But Go watch Parks and Rec. And then what I realized when I was looking into this to make sure that it's actually him that says it, even though I was like 99% sure, is that he has a podcast now called Literally. So it's like very much like his... uh, That's his thing. What's that called? Tagline? Yeah.
1: Okay, sure. (laughs) Also,
0: then after saying that, I proceed to say literally like a hundred (laughs) times in this episode. So (laughs) at least I started saying it right.
1: Okay, cool.
0: In this episode, I say Tylenol is really bad for your liver. And I that was a bit of an overstatement. So (laughs) it's very safe when you take it as directed. And I don't want Tylenol to sue us. Um, But obviously, every drug carries risks. And that's more what I meant. Yes.
1: Use as directed.
0: Yes. Don't use it to make your sadness go away excessively because it's (laughs) a really bad idea.
1: Kelsey told me if I took Tylenol, I wouldn't be sad anymore. <laughs> I, I listened
0: to this podcast, and my main takeaway was, no, we don't want that. Um, but I just felt like I, I really gave Tylenol a hard time, and all I don't take it, but
1: I don't have anything against oh, it. I'm a big fan of Tylenol, so if they want to sponsor anyone, I... <laughs> sure love me sometimes <laughs> comes with the old bones thing yeah bamboo spine
0: <laughs> um oxytocin we talk about and I say that I think it's called the cuddle hormone which it is called the cuddle hormone it's also called the love hormone and the hug hormone and it has a bunch of different names But it's called that because it's released when people snuggle up or bond socially. Um, And apparently even playing with your dog can cause an oxytocin surge, which is cute. But I was talking about how in relationships you get a lot of that. So that's just giving it context. Okay. In the episode, you say that you listened to a curable podcast that talked about how dopamine or endorphins, you couldn't remember, reduces the amount of uh, reduces the amount that you feel pain. Yeah. So I didn't try and find the actual curable because I just figured I'd go for like the facts. <laughs> and so <laughs> Fair endorphins is the one. And endorphins, I think, actually like release dopamine. I think like one causes oh. the other. But endorphins interact with your opiate receptors in your brain and reduce your perception of pain. So they act similarly to drugs like morphine and codeine.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Also, when you have endorphins, it can create feelings of euphoria, modulation of appetite, release of sex hormones, and enhancement of the immune response. So with high endorphin levels, you feel less pain and fewer negative effects of stress. So that's…
1: Yeah. Checks out.
0: Good things. Makes sense. You you say that… We you're talking about western medicine <laughs> really I'm just <laughs> fact checking you but it's because you requested <laughs> in it
1: well, uh, I like to hold myself accountable
0: yeah so I'm <laughs> so holding suey. you here um, you say that other forms of wellness and we were talking about TCM in, in that part have been around for hundreds of years and so I fact-checked that. And acupuncture and Chinese herbal remedies date back to at least 2,200 years.
1: Okay. So I wasn't wrong.
0: <laughs> so you just undersold it a little bit.
1: Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and <laughs> hundreds of Many years. hundreds. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, clear that up. I feel like Western medicine's been around for hundreds of years.
1: I don't know what time is. I don't know either.
0: Penicillin was like the first... <laughs> First World War, I think, which just <laughs> Oh my god, don't ask me history questions. I'm an ever. American history minor and I do not know. Um, that's not important. <laughs> I do know, okay? <laughs> this one's me. I say we're talking about how much we hate capitalism and we get a little bit <laughs> heated about it. Just kidding, sort of. Um, oh and god. you say like we, this system is set up to profit off of us like Hating disliking ourselves, ourselves. yes yeah. totally <laughs> and then I make up some quote that's sort of like a combination of like eight different quotes but the quote I was actually thinking of is by Caroline Caldwell and it's in a society that profits from your self-doubt liking yourself is a rebellious act nice that's what I was going for so, um, you're listing a bunch of different therapy types, I think, and you say imagery, and then you're like, oh, what's that? Right, and right. So, imagery, I looked into it. Um, interactive guided imagery is the interactive version of guided imagery therapy, a type of cognitive therapy that will be fur- oh, further discussed in the next section. <laughs> Uh, Edit your notes. God damn it. Um, a client know can be... One. No, no. I like it. I like it. It stands. A client can be asked to close their eyes and allow their mind to prompt a picture that symbolizes their problem. Oh. Using these techniques, the client may then be guided in an imaginary dialogue with this image to explore and reveal its meaning. And relevance to their problem or issues. In other words, it's a visualization technique used in therapy that targets a person's unconscious thoughts about their problems so that they can better understand these thoughts and potentially change them. Hmm. So also we talk a bunch about Uh, cortisol and how we think it's the devil, which I feel
1: like,
0: (laughs) boo, (laughs) everybody hates cortisol.
1: We hate you.
0: (laughs) I just fact checked some of our points about cortisol to make sure that we weren't just making stuff up and sort of, um, you know, I didn't want there to be a defamation suit from cortisol (laughs) against us. So When cortisol levels stay too high, you'll experience a range of unwanted symptoms. So, if you have high and prolonged levels of cortisol in your bloodstream, such as those who have chronic stress, there are some negative effects. Uh Oh, Uh, definitely acne is one of them. Also, (gasps) blood sugar imbalances, such as uh, blood sugar imbalances, such as hyperglycemia. Decreased bone density, Kyla. (laughs) Decreases in muscle tissue, so you lose your rock hard abs, Kyla. Oh, no. (laughs) You get higher blood pressure. You get impaired cognitive performance like us tonight. (laughs) You get increased abdominal fat and it lowers your immunity and uh, increases inflammatory responses in your body. Oh, my God. Your wounds heal slower. Oh. And lots of other health consequences. It suppresses your thyroid function. I'm done with this list. It's sad.
1: I know. I know. (laughs) We're canceling cortisol. Cortisol is the (laughs) worst. She's got to go.
0: Um. And that's that's that for me. Oh, that's the from whole you. Was that... I
1: supposed to also have
0: <laughs> that's the whole shebang? No, no. Oh, cool. We're done. All right. That was really tough for us, buddy. I.
1: <laughs> Whoever's listening to this, the amount of stuff I had to cut out of this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this fact check, it was like a bloopers. This
0: fact check was three times as long as it needed to be. Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> bye.